I want to start off by acknowledging Father's Day with a few short poems I want to share before the sermon on Proverbs. So for the dads out here. A dad is a mender of toys, a leader of boys. He's a changer of fuses, a healer of bruises. He's a mover of couches, a soother of ouches. He's a pounder of nails, a teller of tells. He's a dryer of dishes, a fulfiller of wishes. Bless him, O Lord. He teaches kindness by being thoughtful and gracious, even at home. He teaches patience by being gentle and understanding over and over. He teaches... That he teaches honestly by keeping his promises to his family, even when it costs. He teaches courage by living unafraid with faith. In all circumstances, he teaches justice by being fair and dealing equally with everyone. He teaches obedience to God's word by precept and example as he reads and prays daily with his family. He teaches love for God and his church as he takes his family regularly to all the services. His steps are important because others follow. Happy Father's Day. We love you and appreciate you dads. If you have to choose, now let's get on to the Sermon of Proverbs. If you have to choose one proverb to live by, your life by, what would it be? Would it be what would it be to you? If you want something done right, do it yourself, you might say. Maybe you're all about individual responsibility and high quality work. Or how about do unto others as you would have done to unto you. That's the golden rule, right? That seems like a pretty good proverb to live by. Or maybe you've heard this one. Good things come to those who wait. I don't have, I don't, I, I don't think I would recommend choosing that one, even if that one proves to be true. Some of you may know someone who would choose that proverb, though. One man's trash is another man's treasure. On the other side, some of you may be thinking, Clean, cleanliness is next to godliness. By the way, this is not a, this is not a Bible verse, some, as some may believe. Fortune favors the bold, but others think if it ain't broke, don't fix it. What if you chose a proverb from the Bible? Would you live by your life by one of those Proverbs fifteen twenty two? Plans fail for lack of counsel, but the but with many advisors, they succeed. That one tells us it's good to get advice from many people before going forward with your plans. How about Proverbs 69? The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Making this one your life proper would bolster your confidence in God, wouldn't it? But there are other Proverbs that might not make much more sense to you. Proverbs 16.33, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. So should Christians always pick straws to make decisions? Proverbs are generally true, but not true all the time. For example, the saying, many hands make light work, is a type of proverb that's often true. The more people that chip in a jaw, the faster it usually goes. But what if those hands belong to babies or little kids? They, the many hands make more work and more work, wouldn't it? So what? So we should uh, have never read a proverb as a universal truth, but try to understand the general truth. It's like trying to communicate to us. If we don't, if we don't, they really can confuse us. So Proverbs twenty-six verse nine says, 
Like a thorn bush in a drunken's hand is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. Has anyone ever quoted a proverb at you instead of for you? Because it's easy to say, right? Throw these proverbs out. But is it just is it at you or is it for you? Believe that proverbs can hurt. It's easy to misapply them, but I believe that there is a proverb in this book that God is calling us to live by. And it's one that is always good all the time. As I begin to tell you about Proverbs, I have four questions in this sermon today that I want us to answer. One, what is a proverb? What is a proverb? Two, why Proverbs? Three, who is Proverbs for? And four, what is the big idea of Proverbs? So first, if you're able, please stand for the reading of God's Word. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1 is where we will begin. And we're going to read seven verses. The Purpose of Proverbs, which is the title of today's message, by the way. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for learning wisdom and discipline, for understanding insightful sayings, for receiving prudent instruction in righteousness, justice, and integrity, for teaching shrewdness to the inexperienced, knowledge and discretion to a young man, let a wise person listen and increase learning, and let a discerning person obtain guidance to under, for understanding a proverb or a parable, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would give us much wisdom, Lord, as we dive deep into the book of Proverbs, Lord, that we would gain wisdom and that we would gain to live a life of godliness, Lord, that you've called us to live. Um, and Lord, help us, Lord, to put these things into practice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what is a proverb? What is a proverb? The first seven verses of the book of Proverbs are a preamble. Preamble is not a word I use very often, but it means an introductory remark an o or an opening statement. So the book of Proverbs introduces itself and explains what a proverb is in the first seven verses. It starts like this. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. That's what the first verse says. The word proverb comes from the Hebrew word mashah. And it means a short, pity saying. That's easy to remember. The exact same word in Hebrew can also mean to rule or to govern. So you get the idea that Proverbs are short, pity statements we use to rule or govern our lives. So with that in mind, I'd like to, to propose this definition of what a proverb is. Proverbs are brief, poetic sayings meant to teach us wisdom. Proverbs are brief, poetic sayings meant to teach us wisdom. Have you ever heard someone say something that was both brief and poetic and you thought, wow, that was really good? A proverb is short, poetic, and meaningful. But Proverbs are God's word and they have something special to teach us, which is wisdom. All of us, you can use wisdom in your life. We can all use wisdom in our lives. The Hebrew word for wisdom is chokmah, and its most basic level means the skill of living, the skill of living. But it's not just any kind of living. The living 
for the weekend or for my bank account or for my family. It's living for God. Living for God. It's the living way He designed us to live. Wisdom is living like living a life that honors God every day and every part of our life. And that should be our desire as Christians, should it not? We want to live a life that honors God every day and every part of our life. Wisdom is knowing how to have a good marriage. Who's married? How to have a good marriage. Do you want to know how to have a good marriage? Yes. yes. <laughs> which God said, how can we have if we do it? If, which God said we can have if we do it his way. So marriage should be done in the way of the way God has called us to do it. Not the way the world says or the way anybody in culture or apart from, from God's way. Wisdom is knowing how to be a good parent. Any good parents, any fathers, any mothers here? Yes. yes. <laughs> and in a good way that honors God and is good for your child. It's through scripture. Wisdom is using your money th uh, thoughtfully and fairly whether you're rich or poor. Whether you have a lot or you have a little. You're still called to do it biblically the way God calls us to do it. Wisdom is a, politic, a politician or a government official who governs justly and won't let those with the money and power make the rules. Wisdom is knowing the right thing to say and when to say it and how to say it. Sometimes we say things and we meant good, but we didn't say it in the right way. Again, it's wisdom is knowing the right thing to say, when to say it, and how to say it. Wisdom is a business owner who creates a high-quality product and treats it his employees and customers well. Wisdom helps us navigate the big, important, high-stake decisions, but also the normal choices we encounter every day in our lives. That's what wisdom is. And verse 1 attributes the, these first Proverbs to King Solomon, son of David. David was the most famous king of Israel, and he made his son Solomon king at an early age. When he became King Solomon, offered a great sacrifice to the Lord. A thousand burnt offerings. Imagine a thousand burnt offerings. First Kings 3, chapter 3, verse 4. Then God appeared to Solomon in a dream and asked him what he could give him. Because he was young, he asked God to give him wisdom to rule or over God's people Israel. That pleased God so much that he gives him wisdom and discernment, but also wealth and honor. First Kings 3. Chapter 3, verse 1 through 15. And then, the, right after the, this, the Bible tells a story demonstrating wisdom uh, that Solomon had attained. And it's a story of two women. You guys might have heard it before. Two women appeared before Solomon fighting over a baby. One woman had ruled on her, over, her, over on her own baby during the night and accidentally killed it. And she had stolen the other woman's baby to be her own. But of course, she denied the accusation. How was Solomon to know which woman was right? There was, they didn't have DNA tests back then like they do today. So what was he to do? He tells his soldiers to bring him a sword. And he says to cut the baby in half and give one half to each woman. Now, if you guys are moms, you're going to be like, what? No, right? The real mother says, no, don't kill him. Give her the baby. But the fake says, cut him in two. And that's how Solomon figured it out. The real mom would never say such a thing. She'd rather give it away than for it to be killed. 
And that story is found in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 16 through 28. God had given Solomon supernatural wisdom. And now through the book of Proverbs, you and I have the opportunity to receive supernatural wisdom for our lives too. We can learn the skill of living, but not just living, living for God in our everyday lives. Amen? That's the purpose of going through the Proverbs. So why Proverbs? Why did we choose Proverbs for us? Why are we going through Proverbs right now? It doesn't matter if you're a child or the President of the United States or whoever you may be. We all need wisdom. We all need to know how to live our life the way God designed it. In verse 2 to 6, Proverbs gives us, this, uh, uh, gives us his purpose statement. It tells us why Solomon and the other authors we'll encounter later in the book compile this book of wisdom saying, let's read Proverbs chapter 1 verse 2 to 4. For learning wisdom and discipline, for understanding insightful sayings, for receiving prudent instruction in righteousness, justice, and integrity, for teaching shrewdness to the inexperienced knowledge and discretion to a young man. So we read and study Proverbs in order to gain wisdom. Verse 2 to 4 expands our understanding of what wisdom is by using similar words that broaden its definition and add depth. So the first word is instruction. Instruction. When we think of instruction, we think of going to class. We go all going to going to a school or going to a class. But this word has a serious tone to it. It can mean discipline, correction, or even punishment. This instruction can include verbal rebukes, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1, or physical punishment, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. Kind of like my boss gave me a firm instruction on how I was wrong. And he was ever been wrong at work. Corrected, right? We're being instructed. Or, my dad instructed me with a swift punishment. My dad instructed your The kids, you know, your dad instructed you with swift punishment. Why Proverbs? Why Proverbs? Even though it's never fun, sometimes we need correction. And the book of Proverbs offers us that correction. If you love your children, you're going to discipline them, are you not? And you're going to instruct them on the way to do the right thing. And that's what instruction here means in the book of Proverbs. Understanding. That's the next one. Understanding. This word describes a depth of knowledge beyond mere awareness. You perceive it. You discern it. You see. I understand how to use a tape measure, a hammer, and nails. But my level of understanding is pretty shallow. But if you ask someone who works with these tools in their job how to use a tape measure, a hammer, and nails... They can show you a whole lot more because of their years of construction experience. Someone who's a contractor knows a lot more than I will, than some of us will know, right? It's the, that's the way it goes. Why Proverbs? We don't want to be shallow people. We want to get it. We want to have a deep understanding of how life works. Knowledge. That's the next word, knowledge. This means to know. Wisdom is not the exact thing as knowledge or intelligence. You might think knowledge means intelligence or that's what it means. No. It can include those things, but you don't have to be you don't have to have a high IQ to be wise. You don't have to have a high IQ to be wise. You can be great at Jeopardy, but a horrible person. You could be the smart, you could graduate at Harvard, Yale, but you're a terrible person, right? 
Having a high IQ means you have, you're great at doing math and thinking logically, but that doesn't mean you know how to live God's way. Wisdom is more like having a, a high EQ, an emotional intelligence. You might not have the largest intellect in the room, but if you recognize and understand your own emotions, you don't let your uh, emotions control you. And you can recognize that what others are feeling and empathize with them, then you have a high EQ, emotional intelligence. And EQ is not IQ, it's more like wisdom. Wisdom doesn't does require knowledge of situations and people, but you don't have to be a genius to be wise. Isn't that good for us? You don't have to be a genius. As a church, we can have all the Bible knowledge in the world, you guys. But if we don't know how to put it into practice in our everyday lives, then we're missing the point. If we know a lot of Bible trivia, but aren't worshiping God and developing a relationship with Him, or growing in dis as disciples, or if we're not loving our neighbor or caring for the least of these, then we're missing the point. Are we missing the point this morning? Paul warns us in the New Testament, knowledge puffs, let's go to 1 Corinthians 8, 1 Corinthians 8, verse 1. <clears throat> For there I say, amen. Amen. Verse 1. Now about food sacrifice to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Amen? Everything we learn about God should go right into practice. Why? Because we want the knowledge necessary to act wisely. What are other words that describe wisdom? Righteousness or justice on Fairness, those are words that are right here in Proverbs chapter 1. When you understand how to live life God's way, when you have the knowledge to do it, and when you have the friends and family who are willing to correct you, the outcome is going to be right, just, and fair. There's a social aspect to wisdom. Wisdom helps me treat my neighbor, my co-worker, and my family members with respect and dignity. Wisdom helps me save uh, thoughtfully, or save thoughtfully, but also give generously to the poor and the homeless. What do you do with your money? You, you give generously, if you can. Wisdom helps me look beyond myself to the needs of others. Why? Proverbs, it helps us get past our surface level knowledge to real depth, and it helps us love our neighbors well. So, who is Proverbs 4, verse 4 through chapter 6? Let's read chapter, uh, verses 4 through 6. For teaching shrewdness to the inexperienced, knowledge and discretion to a young man, let a wise person listen and increase learning. And let a discerning person obtain guidance for understanding a proverb or a parable, the words of the wise and their riddles. A better way of asking this question is, who is wisdom for? Do you want wisdom? If you do, if you honestly, truly want to get, you want to know how to live the life that God intends, then Proverbs is for you. 
Proverbs is for you if you're young. Who's young here? I'm young. Young. <laughs> young in spirit. <laughs> but if you're young, in the first nine chapters, it's written like a father giving advice to his son. He says, my son, over and over again. If you're a teenager, a young adult, guy or girl, Proverbs is for you. If you're wise already, if you're already discerning, you're discerning, you have your own genre or wisdom, Proverbs is for you. Proverbs is for all of us, for everyone. What is the big idea of Proverbs? Let's read verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. Now, at the end of the preamble, the introduction, we find the key verse for the whole proverb. It's a verse that's a theme that's going to come up again and again throughout Proverbs. The fear of the Lord. If you had to choose one proverb to live your whole life by, I hope that this would be it. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Do you fear the Lord? Do I fear the Lord? What does that even mean? What does it mean to fear the Lord, you guys? What does it mean? Dr. Bruce Watke says, You really believe his promises are secure and his threats are real. So, you believe in God. Psalm chapter 19, verse 1. You believe in God. And you take his words in the scriptures seriously. Psalm 19, 7 through 9. You understand that God designed the world a certain way and that if you live life the way, it will go well for you. But if you disobey, there will be consequences. Another, define, another one defined it as reverent obedience. Reverent obedience towards God as our Heavenly Father. It's not just fear and reverence of any God. It doesn't mean, no, I just, whatever, the man upstairs, any God. It's a fear of our God. Do you see in your Bible how Lord is in uppercase right there? Lord, capital L-O-R-D, capital L-O-R-D as Lord. Lord is uppercase. That's signaling that this is God's special covenant name, Yahweh. That's the name he gave his people of Israel to identify him. So this fear and reverence, but it's based on relationship. How is your relationship with him? It's like the fear of a young boy has of his loving father. <clears throat> he knows if he does something wrong, his father will correct him. But he also knows that his, and the same father wouldn't hesitate to lay down his life for him because he loves him. I don't know which strikes more fear in a young boy's heart, the correction or the potential sacrifice that his dad could do for him and that love that he has as a father. As we think about the God of the whole Bible, we remember that he too will correct us when we need it. Amen? Even though we don't like it. Even though we're like, ah, don't. But he will. Because he loves us and he wants to put us on the right path. But he has already laid down a life, you guys. The life of his son, Jesus Christ, for us Amen. on the cross. And that's what we went through, the gospel of Mark. We saw that Jesus laid down his life for us on the cross. That should strike fear, a reverent awe. Just of like, wow, God did that for you and for me, laying down his life on the cross. That's how much he loves us. As a, he's the perfect father. 
So if, I if some of us doesn't, didn't have a perfect father or a good father, God is our perfect and loving father. Amen? Amen. So that should strike a, a reverent awe in our hearts. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. So I'm excited to go through the book of Proverbs with you guys. It's just a little introduction, of just a small beginning taste of what, of what it is. We're going to learn a lot about the wisdom of God through the coming weeks. So let's, uh, let's pray that God will help us uh, put this into practice in our lives. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks because you've given us your word, Lord. You've not left us, Lord, not knowing what to do in this life, Lord. The Bible basic instructions before leaving earth. You've given us, Lord, wisdom in your scriptures, Lord, to be able to put into practice so that we could live lives that glorify you, live lives of obedience, live lives according to your will, Lord. So help us, Lord. Give us much grace. Give us much mercy to be able to put into practice, Lord, your scripture, Lord. Let us have a healthy fear of you, God, as our Heavenly Father. And let us uh, honor you, Lord, in our lives and give you much thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins, Lord. We pray all this in your Son, Jesus, in precious and mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.